you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Wrapping up Wild Card Weekend, welcome to Good Morning Football. We're live in New York City. Happy Tuesday, January 18th. The throwdown round is next. It's the divisional round. Shreds is ready to go. The Cardinals were not. I'm Kay Adams, Peter Schrager, Kyle Brandt, Super Bowl champion Michael Peace. Robinson in the building. Kyle, are you are you excited to do this highlight? Absolutely okay, I'm excited to do this. You can right. miss the playoff game. Wild Card Weekend, six games, not one second half lead change. Yeah! Cardinals Rams! Let's get into it. You're on the clock, Divisional Round. You better show up. Matthew Stafford wins the playoff game. He wins the playoff game. So do the Rams going away. This was an absolute shellacking. It was never a game. 21 to nothing. They ended up 34-11. First playoff win for Matthew Stafford. So it's a big deal, right? He took a moment and said, ah, this feels really good. Staff, how'd it feel? I think it means a lot more to, I mean, you guys and all that. I mean, I just want to be a part of this team and help us win. So, um, I trust in myself, trust in my abilities, trust in my teammates. Uh, I'll go out there and play and, and let the chips fall where they may. Felt like the ball was going to the right place in a pretty good spot. Our guys made great plays. Um, you know, that's how I expect to go out and play when I, you know, every game. Um, doesn't always happen that way, but uh, just felt good out there, felt comfortable, and, and um, you know, our, our team played great. Perfect conditions for Matthew Stafford. He got to be at home. They were up. Now the divisional round is set. Where do they go? Well, let's take a look at the AFC side of things. The Bengals and Titans fight each other out in Nashville. Primetime Niners face the Packers. That one in Green Bay. The two one seeds in action on Saturday. Then Sunday, the Rams earn themselves a trip to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers, who are going to put up some points. Uh, and then Sunday Night Football, it is Bill's Chiefs at Arrowhead. I'm listening to Matthew Stafford there. It's such a decisive win, Peter. And it sounds like a guy who knows that there's a, lot, a longer path ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it, it also was a guy who didn't have to feel the burden of all of it coming down on him. This game was over within 10 minutes, and over. Like, there was no chance. You watch that Cardinals team come out of the tunnel. They were not ready for this, and the Rams were. What blew me away by this performance, though, was their defense was suffocating. Like, this was not – this Rams defense this year was not amazing. I mean, they had stars, and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but this was what we expected before the season, and – no Taylor Rapp, no Jordan Fuller, no starting safeties, and they come out and they just 14 pressures on Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray was on his, the back of his feet the entire game, thrown off his back feet, had no room to breathe. Von Miller was amazing in this game. And it's like, this is what McVeigh said was, it's the best first half defensive performance he's ever seen. And that's from the head coach saying that. Usually they're modest, they're humble. He's like, no, I'm gonna give them their roses. This team, came out and absolutely suffocated one of the most dynamic players in the sport in Kyler Murray. And I think once the defense does that, the pressure was off Stafford, the pressure was off the running game, the pressure was off McVay. All right, the game has already been decided. Our defense took the lead. Mm -hmm. Now let's just finish the job. And they did. Um, A great performance by the Rams, led by the defense, which I don't think anyone saw happening in what Mm -hmm. was supposed to be a high-flying, high-scoring game. And Johnny Hecker. Johnny yeah, had punted well. Yeah, right? He He's did. Great. He did. Um, you're right. Suffocating is the correct word to describe the, the Los Angeles uh, Rams defense. I mean, they were suffocating. They were all over it. I thought Kyler Murray looked scared. We'll get into that a little bit later. But I'm going to go on the other side. Matthew Stafford, you talk about that pressure being off, the, off of Matthew Stafford. Absolutely it was. They owned the line of scrimmage. Sean McVay, I think, throughout the entire season has figured out uh, Matthew Stafford needs an element of this offense that a defense has to defend, and that's this run game. I thought mm-hmm. Cam Akers had fresh legs. I thought he was explosive. I thought he ran between the tackles with power. He ran behind his pads. Sony Michelle was like a hammer. He beat up this defense. I mean, this defense already throughout the season was giving up 4.6 yards a carry between the tackles. Okay, that was with J.J. Watt there. That was without J.J. Watt. They totally lost the line of scrimmage last night, and that's why, to me, the Rams dominated. That's why the pressure was off Stafford, and that's why Matthew Stafford has such an efficient game. If they play like this, I'm sorry, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this is going to be a really, really interesting game because mm-hmm. both teams can own the line of scrimmage and both quarterbacks understand how to push the ball downfield. You're both right. You're all all over it. I, I, I personally have to just say, Matthew Stafford, great you job. You, you did you it. Because if you want suffocation, I'll personalize it. For five and a half years on this program, I've sat in this chair in one studio or another and talked about, never won a playoff game, never won a playoff game. I'm sick of it. And probably he was sick of it too. Suffocating is not only hearing that you've never won a playoff game, it's hearing that the golf trade was a mistake, is that you're not worth it. That, Listen, he came down and throws a beautiful pass to Odell Beckham in the corner of the end zone. If you really want to look up the stats, this is incredible nugget. Where that's the highest rated passer rating for a quarterback in Rams playoff history. All right, well, Kurt Warner, Jim no, right. greatest show on turf. Never yeah, is effective. Right. Never is clean. Never is anything. Um, this is the story for him, no matter what. Now he's done it, okay? And I could sure I could say I was against the Cardinals. They didn't show up. I'm not doing that today. Mm-hmm. I've done that so many other times. That's just not me. I see him chucking it downfield, completing passes in a playoff game. Bizarre, bizarre career and legacy for him to carry that around with him when his peers are guys like Rodgers and Roethlisberger who are going to go Hall of Fames and have titles and he can't even win a wild card game. He could. I'm never bringing this up again. He's got a lot to prove. This ain't over. They don't have a parade through Inglewood, but he won a playoff game against a team with a big, robust record. They were at home. They're on national TV on Monday Nighter. Matthew Stafford, I'm going to just shut the bleep up. Congratulations. <laughs> you got the job done. I'm happy for you and your family. It's That's so it. true. I'm, I have a couple of things. I want to circle back to the defense. It was a huge surprise. Raheem Morris. 
getting any love. You've mentioned it. Yeah. He, there's eight coaching vacancies and counting, maybe. What do we got? Yeah, so Mike Tomlin and Sean McVay and, and Kyle Shannon, they all swear by Raheem Morris. And here he is, defensive coordinator, has a performance. He has zero interviews scheduled right now. Zero across the board. We've seen... Coaches from teams that are losing records this year get interviews. Raheem Morris, for whatever reason, zero interviews. So, if anything, that was a statement last yeah. night to say, hey, my players play for me, and I've been a head coach, and I've been both an offensive and defensive coordinator. I'm biased. I love the guy. I love me covering too. the guy. I think he's awesome, and he's a leader. But, yeah, right now, the NFL, mm. zero interview opportunities for Raheem Morris. So, I thought I'd put, put quite a show, okay? And, Rob, what do you think of that? What about Raheem about Morris? About him having zero interviews. Oh, it's BS. It's BS. We just celebrated Martin Luther King uh, Day yesterday. We have one black head coach. We have, what, four or five black general managers. It's BS for this kid, I mean, for this guy, Raheem Morris, not to get any head coaching interviews. At the end of the day, you got to think about how his players respond to him. Every single player that's played for this guy loves loves this dude. So at the end of the day, you should at least have him in your building to understand him and understand what type of a leader he is, because he is a leader of men. Mm. It's well said, and I hope maybe it was yesterday, this nice yeah. showcase for them, the last game on Wild Card Weekend to show mm-hmm. some of those ownership groups that he deserves uh, some interviews and potentially a spot as a head coach. The other point I wanted to make, to your point about Cam, Cam Akers, and they add Sony Michelle. it's a very gutsy audacious thing to do to take these risks that they take and adding a Von Miller and making the big swing for Matthew Stafford and depriving themselves of first round picks for the rest of time in the Sean McVay era to add uh, to add Von to add Odell right like how is it and last night I'm just like A plus A plus plus everyone every little addition that they made and you have these other David Long stepping up and Skovronek stepping out which we love to see but they went all out and they aced it big play after big play they really didn't make many mistakes that said that is the expectation when you do something like make those moves you basically take out a full page in the LA Times next to Sam Farmer's column and say we're expecting to go to the Super Bowl or we're done. And we said that about the Cowboys, but I didn't really, I was like, okay, Cowboys, let's see if you can do it. The Rams really got to go. They're and they know the that. So great win. Nothing taken away from them. And the Cardinals are a mess too. But Shrags, it is the expectation is they've got to be playing back in that backyard with all those celebrities and Will Ferrell and everyone watching. And now they got to go to Tampa to take on Tom. Yeah, Gabrielle Union. Dwayne yeah, Dwayne Wade, Wade in the was building. Great. It was a good crowd. Um, that's the expectation. They knew that, though. They went to the divisional round last year with mm-hmm. golf and without all those stars. So they know their chips are all in. But Tom Brady, they've had some success against in the last few years. Mm-hmm. They've beaten in the last two years. So I don't think they're scared of the Bucs. They're one of the few teams that have had a lot of success against mm-hmm. Tom and Tampa. At GMFB, great games for the divisional round. Let's bring in Tom Pelissero. More highlights, of course. we got a big show. We have a real Mike Robb report. Dan Hansis. Ooh, how do you rank these teams? He'll be joining the program. Uh, we've got an angry round, not angry runs, angry round on the way. But, Tom, let's start with last night. There was a really scary moment. Um, the Pro Bowl safety, an absolute stud, Buda Baker, was carted off the field in the late third quarter. I know we heard from Cam Akers on Twitter after the game uh, about how it all went down and, and, and sort of how he reacted. But what can you tell us about Buda Baker and his status? Okay, Buda Baker was immobilized, taken off on a stretcher, and taken to a local hospital for evaluation after that frightening collision on Monday night with Cam Akers. Now, the Cardinals say it is a concussion for Buda Baker. He was alert and communicative as he left the field and never lost feeling in any of his extremities. Buda Baker also sent out an encouraging tweet early this morning saying, Thank you all for the prayers. I am doing good, guys. 
It's good to hear that, Tom. Of course, we know we got some big news last night out of Las Vegas, Nevada. The Raiders let go of their general manager, Mike Mayock. Tom, what ultimately led to that decision? Kyle, this is something that had been rumored going all the way back to the end of last season and again after the draft that Mike Mayock was not going to be long for his job as the Raiders general manager. He had been there three seasons, of course, brought in by John Gruden, who resigned earlier on this season. It is difficult to judge Mayock's performance because Gruden had his fingerprints on every personnel decision. But obviously, Mayock was brought in in part because of his expertise in the draft, and the Raiders' drafts over the past several years were not good enough, particularly in the first round. They now become the fourth team that has a vacancy for both a head coach and a general manager. Interim coach Rich Bisaccia says he has spoken with owner Mark Davis about that job, but they are going to conduct a search. Already interview requests also going out for the Raiders, including to Patriots assistant coach Gerard Mayo and front office executive Dave Ziegler. Another name to watch, Colts assistant GM Ed Dodge, who got his start under Al Davis with the Oakland Raiders. Guys. Appreciate you, Tom Pelissero. Do not go anywhere. There's a Super Bowl winning head coach who's comparing a Super Bowl to chocolate cake. I'll let you oh, guess man. which head coach that is. Up next, Strags has a San Francisco treat, really? Yeah, Debo Samuel. This is the story of the San Francisco season. Debo, take us there. But is he the best of the players left in the field? I thought you brought in Rice and Rose. Is that right? You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. And a handoff to Devo coming to the right. Gets a block for Brunskill. A cutback by Devo. Devo 10. Devo 5. Touchdown! Sam! 
The soothing tones of Greg Papa on the call for the San Francisco 49ers touchdown. There's a segment we call We In or We Out. I'm going to say a statement, and my lovely co-host will tell me if they agree or disagree. Say, I'm in. Say, I'm out. First up, you just saw that Debo Samuel touchdown. It wasn't even his best play. He was everywhere. San Francisco is now 7-0 when Debo runs more than five times in a game. (laughs) He's also averaging a touchdown every seven and a half carries. Uh, Here's the statement I'm going to make. Of all these teams left, there's eight of them. Debo Samuel is the most non-quarterback valuable player left in the class. So, of all the players who aren't quarterbacks, he's the most valuable. Yeah, sure. okay. Debo, Question. we in or we out? I'm in on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's an offensive weapon. Are you kidding me? He's a running – I mean, he's a wide receiver. Okay, that's what his position is. But he's playing a running back better than half of the running backs in the National Football League. I got to arguing with a, a former uh, NFL player last night about whether he runs the ball like a wide receiver. He's breaking tackles. He's accelerating through the defense. Again, not a lot of NFL running backs do this. 18.2 yards per reception, 6.2 yards per carry. Yes, Debo Samuels is the most valuable non-quarterback left in the play. Well, who was the argument with and what was their statement? I can't, How I can't, could you t- argue? I can't tell you that. What, was their, you that. what was their sentiment, though? That their, he- their whole thing was... No, they would. Uh, he feels like that uh, Kyle Shanahan would be able to run the football yeah. without Debo Samuel. Marshawn's got takes, huh? <laughs> that, that, that was not Marshawn. Trust me, that was not Beastmore. I'm in on this too. I there's a legitimate debate on whether or not this team has good quarterback play. So the fact that they are the number seven offense, let me put that into perspective. They have a better offense than the Rams. Than the Bengals, than the Packers, better than those offenses, and all said and done for the regular season. And it's because of Debo, because he's absolutely unstoppable. I don't think we've, you know, Cordell Patterson had a nice start to the season, but have we seen anyone do the things Debo is doing on the level that he has in the pivotal moments? That he's doing them, no. So and defenders know he's getting the ball. He's why that def- <laughs> he's why that offense is number seven. He's the reason why there's not. He has the biggest impact on any team left. Debo's fantastic, and I'm going to say I'm out. Though. Yeah. I think I think a lot of that is is Shanahan calling the shots, and I'm going to take I'm going to take my own shot. I know this sounds uh, asymmetrical. I think that the most indispensable player left in the playoffs is Derrick Henry. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry, the Tennessee Titans running back, and I'll tell you why. The Tennessee Titans, I don't think, can win the Super Bowl without Derrick Henry. And you're saying, well, they lost Derrick Henry, and then they just they managed to win. Derrick Henry is the reason they beat the Bills. Derrick Henry is the reason they beat the Chiefs. That's what they need to do to get to where they want to go. I think if Derrick Henry is not out there for either of those games, I don't think they win any of them. Mm. I think the second half of the season when he wasn't out there, I think they got a big fat record and hung on and beat up a lot of crappy teams. Really? I really do. I think that they can win this weekend against the Bengals. I don't think they can win the AFC title game, and I don't think they can win the Super Bowl unless Derrick Henry is part of the team. I know it's asymmetrical, and it'll probably screen cap terribly in this segment when it gets put <laughs> out there for a guy who's been out for two months and his team is still the one seed. And they can get to the title game without him. They can't win at all, and that's how I define their success. I think, I think it's I think fair, it's- and I have no retort to that. This is They were able to get to the one seed without him in a lot of ways, but they are probably not going to win a Super Bowl without Derrick Henry mm-hmm. playing the role. Peter, who are we missing there? Aaron Donald? Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. We can go Trent Williams. Trent are you Williams kidding me? But there's so many good wide receivers. Jamar left. Chase. I mean, yeah. if, if Chase doesn't show up, I don't know if they're doing anything on Saturday against the Titans. I- 24 hours ago, I think Cup's a great answer. Odell looked awesome. It's exactly right. You know what I mean? He, he, cup is still Cup, but he makes it less uh, indispensable. Yeah, they threw it on Debo, and he, he got the job done. Mike Evans is another one we can mention. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, next, I, mean, I reported, and Ian reported as well, that the Texans interviewed Heinz Ward for their head coaching job <laughs> uh-huh. on Saturday. 
There's expected to be a few more outside-the-box coaching candidates coming through. Just wait. Houston, I have a feeling for what they're doing. They want to meet some different candidates and the same ones that are just walking through the door every single day. Uh, my statement is this. An ex-player such as Heinz Ward with no head coach or coordinator experience can still be an effective NFL head coach. Are we in or are we out? Mike Rob? Oh, you already know I'm in on that. I'm, I'm totally in. I think the National Football League, we, we've been getting it wrong with, high, with our hiring of head coaches. And I'm not just talking about the color thing or nothing like that. First of all, a lot of our head coaches, a lot of the new head coaches that we hire aren't ready to be head coaches. And then owners get, uh, they, 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 they get frustrated. They don't you know, give them time. Then they get fired before the coach actually becomes a good coach. I think they do need to look outside the box. And yes, a former player um, can, can resonate as a head coach because he's going to have credibility. When he stands up in front of the team, the team is going to say, I have to shut up because this guy has been in my seat. He has won Super Bowls and he's done exactly what I'm trying to do. So, yeah, as long as you can stand up there and speak to men and have and capture their attention, yeah, absolutely. Actually, I might throw my hat in there. Okay. In it. Why not? Don't laugh. I'm being real, man. Mm-hmm. Let's get it. I'm in on it, too, because he can command the locker room and yes. has that credibility that you're talking about. Question for you really quick, though. Do players in a locker room look at coaching resume? Well, they say, what has he, you know, we know him. He's a great player. He was an assistant for two years with the Jets. He spent this last year with Florida Atlantic. Is that something that players care about? They will look at his resume some to a degree. But what's going to happen is if Hans Ward or whoever former player with no head coaching experience actually gets a head coaching job, it's going to be within those first few weeks that he's in the building. Can, is he a true teacher? Is he a true guy that's going to um, manage the building and, and, and be that be the life force mm-hmm. of the building? If not, players have realized that very, very quickly. Tough, you know place, tough place to go. A lot of work to yeah. be done there. So I would say I'm in with something you've always sort of reinforced. Who are you bringing with you? What kind of staff's around sure. you? I, 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 I'm in. I also, um, I'm in on, a, I think, Plexico Burr should coach the Broncos, and I think hmm. Peerless Price should coach the Bears, and T.O.'s going to coach the Raiders. It's going to be awesome, Peter. Fun. I can't possibly look at that statement about on the screen and say I'm out. No, of course. I, I just can't. Um, the coaching bubble is going to burst, I think. I think it's going to change, and you're starting to see it with what Dion is doing in college. Yep. Now, Dion is what he's doing, of course, has a lot to do with recruiting, and he can get yes. the recruits. You can't show up to the Texans and recruit the best players. It doesn't necessarily work that way. But the idea that it's just going to have to be, well, you put in 20 years in this and we're going to hire the old white guys to coach the team, like it's starting to change right in front of our face. I think the first step was hiring guys like McVay, who would have been unheard of 10, 15 years ago. Too young, too inexperienced. This is just the next step of it. And I, I think command a room, have the resume. There's also massive media obligations and way to handle that. There's also the, obviously the game day stuff. It's a ton but if you look at Heinz Ward and his reputation and his um, colleagues and his history, how could you look at him and be like, yeah, but that coaching game, I just can't possibly get there and say that something's missing from Heinz Ward's personality and identity that he couldn't do it. So, Peter, if I'm looking at it in this tee-up, I have to say I'm in on it. Yeah, and I'll take you within what's going on in Houston right now. Uh, it's Cal McNair, the owner, Jack Easterby, who's working with the owner, and then uh, Nick Casario, who's doing with the Patriots. And what they're looking for is to build a culture. They know that this is not a one- or two-year fix, and... David Culley came in and kind of righted the ship from what was a very turbulent time from that franchise. He wasn't the right guy for them long term. So now they're looking for who can help build a culture. So you say, Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward was an assistant. Je-. To your point, to your point, to your point. Heinz Ward walks in and is like, here's how the Steelers did it. Here's how we did it. Here's how we went into these big games. And Heinz Ward's just going to be the first of, I think, several different names you're going to hear for that job and maybe some others. One that I keep hearing 
Josh McCown, the former quarterback who played a lot of different teams. He was talked about last year with them. Lovey Smith and Josh McCown have a good relationship. Lovey Smith has not been fired from the Houston Texans yet. He's still there. So as everyone is plugging in their defensive coordinator pick for the Texans, Mm -hmm. not yet, not just Mm -hmm. yet. I think it's a really interesting case study what the Houston Texans do. And everyone's rolling their eyes at the Heinz Ward pick. Maybe there is okay to maybe it is okay to be asymmetrical and think outside the box when hiring your next head coach. I have questions here, uh, Josh McCown. Why do I feel like he was take, doing something in coaching this? Yes, high school. He was. He's coaching okay. his son in high school right now. So he's doing doing something yep. as far so he's not disconnected from the game entirely, nope. which I like. Uh, how's this going over with the other thirty-one? This Heinz Ward interview. Is yeah, it, I think is there's it, a lot of eye rolling and saying, "Hey, yeah? I put in thirty years in the trend." Like Dean Pease came out last last month and said, "Hey, I didn't get my first coordinator job until I was fifty-five years." old like you got to put your time in all this stuff like I, I don't know I don't know if that's the necessary yeah. but a lot of mm-hmm. people are like how could my guy or how am I not getting interviews but how's Heinz Ward who mm-hmm. was at was with Willie Taggart at FAU how is he getting an interview mm-hmm. what about me mm-hmm. understand that too that's how this works it's like it's hosts having celebrities come in and the Kristen Cavalieri comes in and takes her and you're like I get it she can command an audience but it's like that I've worked my whole yeah. life to sit in this table I, you know it's it, it is what it is I'll ask you Pete Davidson how many interviews does he have lined up not yet None? Yeah, not none of eight? Okay. Command a room. But 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 again, like players so have any? How, yeah. how many coaches that haven't played get the opportunity to coach? Sure. And players look at those guys mm-hmm. and say, Man, I don't know about that guy. When you had Singletary as a coach, mm-hmm. what was the reaction that here's Mike Singletary with the eyes and the whole football? We loved it at first. Yeah. <laughs> we loved it at first. But I ain't gonna lie, Mike Singh, he ran the you know what out of us, man. Yeah. I mean, he really worked. Too much. That was the old CBA with a bunch of two, two sure. a days. We won the first three and lost the next 12. So uh-huh. that's how that went. What's the difference with Mayo, the fact that he's been with the team and coaching yeah, in some he, capacity? I think so. I think he's been coaching for multiple years. He's viewed at him and D'Amico Ryans are guys who have been now mm-hmm. coaching for years. The Heinz Ward pick blew a lot of people away because he was, the, he was first an intern, then the assistant wide receivers coach of the Jets, mm-hmm. and now he's being interviewed for a head coaching job. Even the ex-players who are now coaches mm-hmm. were like, Okay, wait, 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 what about mm-hmm. that? But I think you can... Has the you know, owner in Houston kind of, I don't know, I mean, Deshaun Watson has some issues with the owner. I think the next head coach, if it is a black guy, how would that be smoothed out? Yeah, if you, I'm not sure yeah. what Deshaun Watson's relationship, yeah. if any, with the franchise right now. They're looking to start anew in mm-hmm. a lot of different ways. Ooh. Tom Pellicero joining us right now. Happy Tuesday to you. We got some big news out of Las Vegas last night. The Raiders let go of their general manager, Mike Mayock. What ultimately led to that decision and why now? Okay, it was not really a surprise that Mike Mayock is out as Raiders GM after three seasons. There have been rumblings of this going back to the end of last season and again after this past year's draft when the Raiders declined to trade down and made a surprise selection of Alex Leatherwood with the number 17 pick. Now, it's difficult to evaluate Mayock's performance because John Gruden had his fingerprints on all their personnel moves. But Mayock was brought in for his draft expertise, and obviously their drafts were not good enough, particularly in round one. So the Raiders are now the fourth NFL team that has both head coach and general manager vacancies. Interim coach Rich Passaccia said he has spoken with Mark Davis. That's a process that will play out. The Raiders are going to run a search, and they have already begun to put in interview requests among them for Gerard Mayo, the Patriots inside linebackers coach, as well as their front office executive, Dave Ziegler. Peter? 
Tom, thank you for that. And we're now going to go from you to another man who knows the way around a front office and is familiar with how things operate in the NFL as well. He has three Super Bowl rings. He's the vice president of player personnel at the mm-hmm. Patriots for years. He's also been a general manager in this league. And now he is our NFL Network voice on all things team building. Let's welcome in Scott Peel. Hey, Scott. Scott. Table. Scott, what's up? Let's go. Good morning, Scott. So you just heard the unfortunate news on Mike Mayock, a former colleague of ours. He's been let go from the Las Vegas Raiders. What do you make of the decision? And do you agree with the decision just a couple days removed from a playoff berth for a team that a lot of people think have a lot of young talent on that roster? Peter, I'm disappointed because we saw a team that was four and 12 before Mike and John Gruden got there. You know, Tom just mentioned that we didn't know where did Gruden end? Where did Mayock begin? But I have an idea of how things went out there. And I thought that Mike Mayock did a good job when given the opportunity to draft players and to select players in free agency. They went from a team that won seven games. Again, before he got there, they only won four games, seven games, eight games. This year, they won 10 games and went to the wild card. It's not a perfect roster, but it was a good roster that went to the wild card this year. They also did a good job of filling in with some good people. So to me, I'm clearly disappointed for John But I've also learned this time of year, we should never, ever be surprised by anything. Even though I was surprised by Brian Flores getting fired, this one doesn't surprise me because there are no surprises anymore. I hear you, Scott. Surprising outcome on the field last night, too, especially if you're a Cardinals fan. Let's talk about this game. Cardinals-Rams last night. It was a tough watch. Before the game, Scott, you tweeted this, and you predicted a big game for Vaughn and Leonard Floyd because of the attention that would be devoted to Aaron Donald. Now, Scott, the stats were there from the Rams' defense. Was there a moment as you're watching on a Monday night in the game where you could really see that 99 is taking over for the Rams, this thing's getting away from Arizona? Yeah, Kyle, there was definitely a play, you know, and Aaron Donald was in their heads before the game and obviously during the game. If we go back to the pick six play, in that moment, Aaron Donald is lined up to the left and he draws the attention of the protection. They slide four offensive linemen to the right. That makes a big gap in order for Edmonds to try to pick up the blitzing linebacker, and he can't do it. He can't do it because there's so much space, but what they had done is they tried to block two with four, and then Aaron Donald drops off into coverage or drops off into a spy, but because there were players all to one side and so much space, they couldn't pick up the blitz. And that impacted what happened in that game. Yeah, Scott. Um, David Culley was let go as the Texans head coach Mm. last week. He was only given one season. This leaves Mike Tomlin as the lone black coach in the National Football League. Now, Scott, I've been taking it from Twitter all morning for speaking on this. Are we doing enough to rectify this situation? Mike, Rob, first of all, let's talk about who is we? You know, who are the we that we were talking Mm -hmm. about? And the owners ultimately are the people that make the decisions. We understand that. But owners make decisions based on a lot of factors and a lot of influences. One of the top influencers is us, the media, and not just us on this show, us during games. You know, there's I look back on this weekend, the past couple of years, I've watched more football on TV than I did the previous 27 years. And one of the things that we see is that and we know is that media is a socializing agent, right? 
they deliver a message to our conscious and our subconscious. When you look back at some of these games and listen to some of these games on television, we are seeing the same type of candidates talked about more often and more frequently. When we see black candidates talked about, we see them less, we see them fewer times, and quite honestly, there's a completely different language that's used when we speak about white coaches and when we speak about black coaches that are potential candidates. There's this whole idea of code speak that is out there. But if we just stop, I encourage anyone to go back and look at this weekend's game and look at some of the people that are talked about in terms of being candidates or that should be candidates. And there is a great inequity in the number of times that we see these coaches and the coaches that we do see. There's a great inequity in the amount of times that we talk about coaches that should be candidates. And a lot of that is this subconscious messaging that does go out to the public and to owners and to fans. Social media, how much uh, these candidates are talked about. I, I see a lot of nodding going on from our Super Bowl champion here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Scott, Scott hit, it, hit it right on the head. I mean, there's so many uh, things during the course of a game that speaks to our subconscious, that speaks to some of the, the biases that has kind of always been around. I, talk, I always tell this story about when I was in the draft. I mean, when I was going through the combine and in the draft, right, uh, I remember asking Matt Leinart, hey, man, when you were getting asked questions, did they ask you about your grandparents? Did they ask you, did you, is your dad around? How come they always assume mm-hmm. that I was in a single-parent household? Why are they asking me about my grandparents? They said I spoke well. I got two degrees. What the hell does that mean? Why do you got to say that I spoke well? What does that mean? And so I think it kind of goes to what Scott was talking about, some of the subconscious biases, some of the subconscious things that exist in the National Football League that as a media group and as media in general, we can help mm-hmm. rectify that situation, mm-hmm. guys. Has there been progress? I think so. Yeah. It's, it's slow, but yeah. I do think that ha- there, there has been uh, progress. I, I mentioned to Kay before the show, we, you know, we celebrated Martin Luther King's birthday yesterday with only one black head coach, mm-hmm. yet we do all these specials and we talk about social justice. What are we doing? Are we really trying to move the needle or are we just speaking the language to satisfy some, some viewers? Um, I think the National Football League is trying. They're making a concerted effort, but it starts with our owners. And I think maybe if we get another, if we can get some color in the owners, you know, in the owners group, maybe some things will change. Ownership it's, does make those decisions, it's, and it's And it's spot on. We said it to start the show. And, Scott, we can wrap with this. I mean, we've got a lot of defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators interviewing for jobs this week. And I don't think necessarily anyone was talking about Raheem Morris, but he put on a performance yes, yesterday with that, with that Rams event. He has zero interviews lined up. And there's a lot of coaches who hey. are no longer coaching. Right now, Scott, that are have three and four lined up, and I don't know if it's race or it's background or whatever it is, and maybe it is. I don't know, but Raheem Morris having zero interviews after putting on that performance yesterday, that, that struck a chord with our table here to start the show. What do you think on that, Scott? Yeah. Peter, you know, I just talked about that play where Aaron Donald made the play, right? Raheem made, Morris made that call to drop him in, into the spy position. He helped make that play. I worked with Raheem. I know him professionally. I know him personally. Hmm. He is a terrific coach. He is someone that players like and respect. They listen to what he has to say. He can motivate. He's organized. He's detailed. He's on top of things. And we're sitting here watching and he's not getting an interview. It absolutely, it's mind boggling to me. Again, now I have a lot of firsthand knowledge and have seen him coach, so I can speak to that. Part of the problem is, again, I look at the number of times we saw and heard about Raheem during that game last night compared to some other potential candidates that we heard about over the weekend during, what is it, wild card weekend. 
And there is a clear disparity in what's being talked about. And I'm not saying that the people that are presenting this are racist. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is we know this. People are comfortable talking about things and people that they know about. Part of the problem is I think that we talk about owners not having proximity to people of color. But I also think think that there's this other issue where the, the people that are producing and showing and amplifying names don't have proximity, knowledge, or relationships with people that don't look like them. Spot on, Scott. Awesome stuff as always, Scott. Powerful stuff. Thank you for joining us again. We'll see how this week goes with some of these coaching hires. We'll always have you on hand to weigh in and appreciate your candor. Good stuff. Thanks, everybody. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Time to check out the power rankings by Dan Hansis head of the divisional round and abbreviated version because there's only so many teams left. We wondered aloud during commercial break. There's only eight teams left alive in the playoffs. Where are the Tennessee Titans on Dan Hansis's power rankings? They had a bye. They're a one seed in the AFC. Let's find out where he puts them. Mm. Let's get right into it, though. First full screen. What do we got? Who comes in at the 14? These are the teams who made the playoffs. Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. I think that's probably appropriate down in the bottom right corner. The Cardinals. Eagles. Cardinals. Just free falling. Did you see them last night? Yeah. They were not, not, not a good performance. All right, then we got Pats, Raiders, and, and Cowboys. So Dan did at least put the Titans in the top eight. We like that. Give it to me, the full screen. Give it to me. Who's in the top eight? Packers at one, Titans at five. Okay, All right, Dan. Bills and Chiefs just getting Bills ready to above rumble. above the Chiefs. Above the Chiefs, Peter. Then we got the Bucks, who just housed the Eagles, the Titans we mentioned. Rams. Bengals. 
Niners, and the Rams. Didn't like the Rams, huh? Didn't like the Rams. Let's now bring in the man behind the power, Dan Hensis. It's interesting, Dan, that you would put the Rams down at eight because you were at SoFi Stadium last night. You were there. I think you got all hooked up and you had good caviar and foie gras and all kinds of expensive champagne. What was it like there at SoFi? And tell us why you put the Rams down at the last slot of the remaining teams. No, I, I didn't drop them because of the stadium experience. I was actually in the second to last row of the upper deck. So it was like uh, <laughs> watching Aww. it was watching all 22 uh, film in real time. It was kind of cool. I don't want to do it again, but it was good. It was, it was otherwise fun. You know, I feel bad about putting the Rams at eight because obviously they looked awesome, but uh, heads up, like doing power rankings is hard when you get to the divisional uh uh, round because all these teams are great. So they're eight right now, but they could win the Super Bowl. Dan, I got to go back to Sunday, man. <laughs> got to go back to Sunday. 49ers at Cowboys. It was a disaster mm-hmm. for the Cowboys, Dope. okay? What was your reaction? <laughs> what was your reaction when you saw Dak Prescott running down the middle of the field with 14 seconds left on the game clock? It was like same old Cowboys. And I have a. Uh, a text thread with some family members back east and some of them are Cowboys fans and the Cowboys fans were telling the Jets fans that they suck and the Jets fans were telling <laughs> the Cowboys fans that they suck and then I had to like jump in even though I was in the middle of working the power rankings so I was like guys heads up both teams suck just in different ways because the Cowboys <laughs> the Cowboys like how many times are we going to see the same version of the Cowboys team it has to be maddening as a fan for them to no show in that game and I thought it was a microcosm this last play of an entire game of mistakes uh, they made four different mistakes on this play in terms of uh, mental errors at 14 penalties uh, in that game and it was just like come on guys you get you suck everybody in for three and a half months and then th- we get this why do we even bother Dan, I text you, Greg, and Sessler every Saturday morning when I'm in the airport. And at 8 a.m. Eastern, it's the Around the NFL podcast television show. And it's on every TV in the airport. I'm like, I know you guys are on the West Coast, but it's a pretty good placement right here, 8 a.m. on the East Coast. And this week, it was all about, can the Bills get over the Patriots? And can they get over the hump? They did. And now they face the Chiefs. And I see that you have the Bills ranked above the Chiefs. And this game's going to be an arrowhead. I feel like the Chiefs are a locomotive. The Bills are a locomotive. Something has to give. What do you see in Buffalo that gives them the nod over Kansas City, even if it's on the road? Yeah, and thank you to you and, and your son for watching our show. I, I, on Cal, in California time, we're on the air at 4 a.m. on NFL Network, the Around the NFL broadcast. But you're right, on the East Coast, it's different. Everybody, set your DVRs. <laughs> anyway, Bills, Chiefs, <laughs> love it. I mean, how, how fun is this? I mean, it is a showdown between two teams. And if I put the Bills ahead of the Chiefs only because, Matt, uh, I put the Chiefs ahead of the Bills only because, like, the Mahomes greatness factor cannot be denied. But look at what Josh Allen did. Uh, you had a team that had seven straight touchdown drives. But, oh, by the way, the Chiefs had six straight touchdown drives in wiping out the Steelers. Uh, I, I think that if they'll look maybe at week five and see when the Bills lit up the Chiefs defense, put up a near 40-burger there. But obviously, Kansas City's offense is so much different now than it was in October. So this is just going to be a great game. And, uh, yeah, I, it's a coin flip, and I think everybody understands that. 
Oh yeah. Now speaking of getting lit up, the great Pat McAfee was lighting you up. To I had no idea this was a thing with your misrepresentation of the Tennessee Titans. He was not happy about that. He in fact put the blame of the entire sports media landscape's ignorance of this team squarely on your shoulders. Now this Bengals team, they're hot. They're going to Tennessee on Saturday. What do you make of Tennessee? What are your thoughts? And obviously Derrick Henry coming back is huge. I didn't know McAfee was coming after me on that. I, I thought we were on good terms, but you know, everyone, he's an AFC South guy. So ultimately he's always mm-hmm. going to side with those teams. I, I think ultimately I put them at five because they do deserve the respect and you definitely have to take into account this Derrick Henry situation. One thing that's on my radar a little bit, I think there's a, a bit of a, a understanding that Derrick Henry is going to return to the lineup this weekend and get 35 touches and be the Derrick Henry that didn't have a broken foot and surgery and missed nine weeks. I'm just curious what we actually get, because if he came back in the end of November from an injury like this, you would think he'd be on a snap count and they'd work him in. How's it going to be? Because, you know, down to Foreman and uh, Dontrell Hilliard both did good things while uh, Henry was out. I'm wondering if this could end up being more of a committee approach, even though everyone kind of seems to assume it's all systems go. Henry's going to lead that charge. I think that's a big thing to watch because grounded pound is how you win that game for Tennessee. Keep Joe Burrow off the field. It's all big things to watch these days, Dan. It's the best. You are supersonic as always. Be sure to check out the NFL Power Rankings presented by Energizer every Tuesday on NFL.com. Did Dan get them all right? Definitely, maybe. You're the best, Dan. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.